Hello and welcome to Money Chill Out, the podcast to get inspired and feel good about your money. I'm Mike Afino, a woman in my 30s, ex-trader in the city of London, yoga teacher and owner of my financial empowerment business. On this podcast, I want to open up the discussion around money and investments and dive into personal finance management, which can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversations on money, mindsets, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. You too can get financial peace of mind and it starts with empowerment and knowledge. Let's go. Hi Charlotte, how are you? Hello Erika, I'm very nice, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm super happy to have you on this podcast, so thanks a lot for your time. And I'm very interested in today's subject, so I'm just going to give you a bit of an intro and, and we'll go from there. So you have a financial markets background. You actually worked in London for Bank of America for five years. And in January 2021, you decided to launch Chuck, which is an on-demand video platform for chef recipes. You're based now in Paris, in Station F, which is the world's biggest startup campus. And why I really wanted to interview you is that you co-founded your business with not one, but two of your sisters. So it's really like a, a family affair. <laughs> so can we go back to where you're in London working for an investment bank? So can you tell us how you feel at the time? Sure. Well, look, at this time, well, I look at this time as a very happy era in a way. I was passionate about my job. I had the chance to took, to work for very talented people, to move teams three times. So I was always, uh, you know, learning and money was good. So, you know, I was living a good life. It wouldn't be fair not to mention the, the challenges that were also part of the job because these jobs that, you know, are coming with great pressure and stress and, and, you know, I was young, willing to do well, to work hard. So in a way, I think I maybe put in brackets a little bit my personal life for a few years, but which was totally okay for me, by the way, at that time. But yeah, I would describe that time as a, you know, roller coaster kind of life, hectic and challenging, but I was feeling fulfilled. <laughs> That's cool. So, so why that change into entrepreneurship then? So... As I mentioned, being happy in my previous seat, the dive in entrepreneurship wasn't really driven by a desire to run away from, from anything. It was more opportunistic. Um, I think, you know, the opportunity at one point in your life where it is okay to take risks, to go bold and try it out. I like to think that you can live dozens of lives. So I have always been open to changes and I never thought I would stay 30 years in the same company doing the same job anyway. But the idea of building something with my sisters has always been there in a way because we're so close and have very complementary personalities and, and skills. So, you know, we always thought it would be cool, but we just kept the ID part, you know, for some time until, until 2021. <laughs> okay. So who had the idea of Chuck, actually? Is it one of your sisters or, or, or yourself? So to be fair, I think my two sisters had the idea after the lockdown. 
So what you need to know is we're a big, big fan of everything that involves eating. Like food in our family is something very important with different perspectives, of course, because, for example, my two sisters have always been cooking. They cooked a lot already pre-COVID. The younger sister even got her certification and she started working in the in the industry industry. Uh, whilst for me, my passion for food involved maybe more restaurants and food delivery than cooking uh, and less London for restaurants. But anyway, during the first lockdown, they started cooking more uh, like many people. And they realized that, you know, despite the huge amount of food content that you could find on the social networks or on blogs, it was still very difficult to find quality content that would allow you to A, easily reproduce the recipe and B, from which you can really learn something. So they mentioned to me the idea. We did a bit of research and homework over the, over the Christmas break, and we decided, yeah, okay, this is it. Let, let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So how long did it take, like, from the ID to actually quitting your job? So did you quit straight away, or did you work a bit in parallel, or how did it work? Yeah, no. So it, it took a few months to put the project, you know, on its feet. So I continued to work in parallel for six months from the idea. They were probably the hardest six months in my life, I think. Not sure how, uh, you know, I did not burn out, but I just bought a flight, so a flat, so I needed to, you know, save more money. And I also think a part of me was not ready to leave this job yet, this job that I love. So, you know, I continued to, to work a little bit in parallel. And for my sisters, one was still studying at that time. So she continued to do both in parallel for a couple of months. And the other one, she was quite bold. She just quit her job the minute we decided to go. <laughs> Love that kind of mentality. <laughs> yeah, really gendered. That's cool. So so let's talk about the family aspect now. So I think to work all day long with your sisters. So that is one of the topics we spend huge amount of time thinking ahead. Because, you know, it's the foundation of everything. We, we knew we had complementary skills. We knew we had a great relationship, but equally, we can have very opposite view and we have all strong tempers. So, you know, we just wanted to make sure that we were not sacrificing our sisterhood for a business. So we went in this adventure with the eyes wide open in a way, being a crystal clear on, on the other one's strength and default and, and be putting some major boundaries between our sister relationship and our work relationship. So when we're at work, we never speak about our personal life or family, for instance, or at least not more than what normal colleagues would do. And during the weekend, we try uh, not to speak about work. And by the way, on that front, you have to know that two of my sisters are living together. So this point was crucial for them. But, you know, now, I mean, no one has a crystal ball and, and you don't know what the future is about. But touch wood, until now, being sisters have been more of an asset for Chuck than the opposite. Uh, being siblings, you know the other ones more than anyone else. You understand each other, including the times you don't disagree. The three of us spent our life arguing around toy, clothes, and stuff. So in a way, it's easier to debate on work topic and, and, and argue, you know. And, and this is maybe personal, but when you don't come with a consensus view, which is often, it's just a much easier to say, okay, you know, let's agree to disagree with them, um, then I think it would be the case with other co-founders. Um, but I, did, I didn't really know any other family started founders since before. 
But since, uh, you know, I, I mean, the entrepreneur ruled, I came across a couple since. And I think for each duo or trio I met, they're all having the time of their life, all working together uh, as a family. And, and working with siblings is amazing. You just have to put the right setup, the right barriers that will work for you. Yeah. And I quite like it that you really took the time before even starting to kind of find the right balance and set rules because otherwise, as you said, wow, it's a lot. It's your family, it's your business and all these things are, are mixed. So yeah, definitely need to, to be thought about before. So, and I guess as well, did you discuss, because I know it can be amazing. I'm sure you have like, as you said, like the time of your life, but still when you think about family business, always we look at the probably like the negative that can happen. So have you ever thought about what if someone wants, let's say a new challenge or has to move abroad or maybe want more stability? And I guess it can happen to everyone, of course, but because it involves your siblings, maybe there's a lot more affect in it. So have you discussed it already? And do you think everybody from your investors or future investors to your clients and your partnerships and so on view your company as a trio? And in that case, it means if someone has to leave, like it, it would really impact the business. Yeah, so a lot of questions in there. But I think to, to answer the first part, we took a lot of time to kind of uh, think about all the optionalities that could arise in the future, you cannot predict everything, right? But because we have, we're not the same age, so we are different points in life. So, you know, maybe tomorrow uh, my sister wants to move in with a boyfriend and she needs money to, to, to get a flat or the another day, the last sister, the younger one wants to go and travel the world and, you know, and she just wants to, to do the project. So we've discussed all the eventualities. We, we've, um, you know, we don't have a plan for each one of them because you, you can't, you can you can predict everything. But we just thought that, you know, right now, we, the three of us are putting all our heart, you know, in, in this business. The day someone is out, well, we will deal with it that day. Now, how other people from the outside see our trio, I think each of us have a very different role in Shaq. Uh, we have very different experience and, and skill sets. So one is marketing, the other one is very food-related content, and I am of finance. So I think, yes, we're seen as a trio. And we need, I mean, every single one of us need the other two, uh, you know, to function. Like I, I wouldn't be able to do any marketing stuff or I don't know how to speak to a chef. Uh, my sister are amazing on that. And I don't think they could come up with a business plan and I can. So it's really, it's really like a, a good trio. It's really the three personalities and skill sets are, are very complementary. And this is a big asset seen from the outside for partners, investors and, and stuff. Now, uh, if tomorrow one of us is out, you know, it's not, uh, it's not the same story again. So yes, it is a risk. But as I said, we went, we went into it with eyes wide open. And actually, I think it's the case for every business, right? The, the, the founder team is the $1 million question, uh, for every business. It's actually, I think, one of the, one of the biggest issue and, and the reason why a lot of business in early stage are failing. So, you know, it's not only being siblings. 
Yeah, 100%. And, and that's why I'm, I'm asking that question because, again, being a family or mixing family with business makes me want to ask that question, but totally agree. Yeah, the world is open, opportunities that are there. So, again, yeah, you can only plan what you know, right? <laughs> exactly. It's, and it's difficult enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, let's go into the money aspect now because always I like to talk about it. So how did you feel when you had that well-paid job in London and when you were thinking about your business? Of course, you know, you won't have a lot maybe for a few years. So how did it feel money-wise? So back then when I resigned, I think I probably underestimated the shift. And that's actually one of the few things that my boss told me when I resigned. Are you sure you don't want to stay another year? Because, you know, savings go by fast. That's exactly what he told me. But, you know, so I knew it, but still, it has been harsh. Like these jobs in the financial industry are, you know, paying young people in their first years of career amounts of money that most people will never achieve. And once you know it is a lot of money when you earn it, it's obviously when the tap closes (laughs) that you really, you know, suck it up. So, but overall, I think it's a healthy reality check. What, well, actually, in your previous episode, what from closer phase, about some people learning a lot of money but not saving much resonated a lot. Like the lifestyle associated to these jobs sometimes makes you lose a little bit, you know, the perspective of the real value of things and you end up not saving that much. So at least for me, keeping into that new entrepreneur life where there is a financial reality that exists, at least it was, you know, a little wake-up call that was not bad to keep my feet on the ground. And I think looking back at it now, I'm happy I took the risk. Maybe it pays off. Maybe it doesn't, and I will assess, but I was aware, I was taking a risk, and I knew what the implications were, and taking a risk isn't unpleasant, uh, or at least I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I thought I could take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like your mentality to go back to what matters, and, and as you said, like being grounded, because yeah, when you earn a lot of money, especially from a young age, you don't necessarily realize, and yeah, it's only like a wake-up call kind of when you need to earn your own money from the job you're creating or the company you're creating and you realize, wow, it's actually a lot of effort to get a like a salary kind of. So how have you been living for, for the last two years? So it's really been a year and a half with salary, but yeah, because because I was working in the UK before, I'd done benefits, you know, from all the unemployment plan that are, a lot of entrepreneurs benefit from in France. So I have been living for my saving, for my mortgage. COVID uh, luckily has allowed me to save a lot more than what I could have done. But for all the rest, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that my partner is a, is a bread earner and supports me. And this hasn't been easy to swallow. For me initially, you know, picturing myself as a strong and financially independent woman and suddenly the music stops and, and you being independent of someone else. But being an entrepreneur, you have to accept that these first years are not necessarily going to be the same as before in terms of lifestyle. And, you know, it's the same for my sisters. They haven't worked a lot before, so they can't live on, on, on savings as I do. And they still live at my parents and they're at this age where, as I said, you want to get started in life, you start building your life. So reality, financial reality is, is, you know, always on top of your mind anyway, as an, as an entrepreneur. But again, I think, you know, it's a sacrifice that a lot, of, a lot of entrepreneurs are willing to make. I mean, it's a little bit the rule of the game, right? 
and speaking about it. I mean, actually, that's funny because lately in my conversations with some other entrepreneur friends, it's been very much a topic like how sometimes we miss our old lifestyles. But at the end of the day, it's probably like this financial reality is probably the key element that gives you as an entrepreneur either the hunger for you to turn your venture in a very successful business and finally be able to pay yourself a decent salary, you know, or either be the bottleneck that makes you, you know, face the reality and, and, and stop. So either way, I think that's a healthy driver and element in building your business. Yeah, really. Thank you for shedding a light because you always wonder how people do. And, and yeah, so really helpful. And so your sisters, you said they haven't really worked before, so they can't get any benefits, but they're still living at your parents. So basically, the expenses are quite minimal, right? Yeah, exactly. You have to, uh, well, it's a little bit fake it till you make it. <laughs> and uh, like you, you, you need to, you need to be, to be brave, to suck it up, to, uh, to accept that your life is not going to be the same as the, you know, than your friends uh, that are, you know, starting in life, happening and stuff. But it's, you know, you know why you do it, because uh, it's your business. Uh, so I think that, that the reason behind it is 100% uh, worth it. Yeah. So, so do you pay yourself a bit now, or or, or not yet? Tricky topic, Marika. No, it's a very hot topic and in very much on the agenda. I think there is not a single week without mentioning it these days. But uh, not yet. We we are getting towards it. We are. I mean, since last last month, we've been paying us a little something because you know my sister needs to um needs to start you know, saving a little bit of money because she wants to win with a boyfriend. So, but nothing that can make us live really. But from next year, the business should be in position to do so. And we also have a fundraising coming up. So I think 2023 is probably the light at the end of the tunnel, if you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but thanks again for your transparency, because as you said, it's not an easy subject. It's something that, yeah, you put a lot of effort, you do a lot of, yeah, all of your energy yeah. goes toward that that building that business and still it takes time and, and it's really good for everybody to know that it takes time and that not the only one not being paid after one and a half year. I mean, yeah, so so thanks for, for sharing. And what's your mentality still towards money? So do you have, for example, a target salary that you're working towards or... Yeah, just do you think money comes after and yeah, you have no plans because you really enjoy building and creating check? So I wouldn't say that I have a salary salary because I think, the, the, you know, the, the upside when you create your business is the, the, the stage two, like when you sell it or when you when you buy other business or where you really start to grow. But I wouldn't say I don't have a plan either. I think it's a little bit of a balance. I think... So you're willing to do sacrifices on money when you turn business to some extent. So you accept not to have, you know, a, a salary that you would get, you know, at a corporate or in a bank and you have to. But as you mentioned, it can be very demotivating when you work day and night on something and get no money out of it. When you give, uh, you know, your gut, your heart, your, your head, everything you have. So it's all about finding the right balance, rewarding you over time as your business grows. It's never going to be insane salaries especially these days because you don't rain for, you're not raising funds to you know to pay huge salaries to the founders but you know at one point you can't really escape the financial shock if i may say that you know entrepreneur experience when you start building a business it's just something that is there it comes with a package you just got to be clear on 
your level of tolerance and draw a line upon which one either it works and cool, you get rewarded and, you know, pay yourself, either it doesn't and you're going to be realistic and, and stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And, and thanks again for giving perspective and, yeah, really interesting. So for French speakers, because at the moment your videos are only French, right? Yes, correct. So for French speakers worldwide, how can we access your cooking videos? So you can go on www.chac.co. Chac is written C-C-H-A-C. It's the French for the sound of a knife uh, on a cooking board uh, in a chat or for um, the sound of a, a movie clapper. So think about Chac like um, a Netflix with exclusive recipes instead where the chefs take you through step-by-step recipes, teach you techniques and, and share some tips and tricks that will really help you level up your game in cooking. You'll have the chef in front of you in your kitchen, opening up on his vision of cooking, on, in ho- on his own story, on his passion. And our aim with Chuck was really to help anyone improve and easily find inspiration in the everyday life to cook. So all the recipes are easily reproducible at home. You don't need professional equipment, nor any niche ingredients you would never find. And and in the library currently, we have more than 300 seasonal recipes with 30 different great chefs. Everything is live on the platform. And we're releasing new ones twice a month. So we produce all the content hand in hand with the chef. And one last thing I want to add is that because what we eat is so important and impacts not only our health, but also the environment, your budget, et cetera, we really try to build a platform accessible to anyone with a variety of diets. So whether you are a vegan, a veggie, whether you eat gluten-free, you should be able to find a way in the library. And we also have very different styles of cuisine. So we have French terroir cuisine, Mexican, Indian, Japanese, Middle Eastern, and so on and so on. And the scope is only getting broader and broader month after month. Yeah, I can imagine because 300 videos is already pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. And I love the meaning of Chuck. I was wondering why Chuck. So like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it makes a lot of friends for non-French speaker, but at least everyone has the reference now. Yeah, exactly. So do you have any funny story you want to share to finish? So one fun fact that I need to share with you, Marika, because you could not have any you know, having been more on point, having Chuck in your podcast today, is that I realized only recently that Chuck, but written C-H-A-A-C, was for the Maya, the god of rain, prosperity, and wealth. So I think it's not a bad one for Money Chill Out podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for this discussion. I really enjoyed it. I really like how transparent you are and open and, and yeah, sharing on the money aspect, which is always sometimes a bit tricky, especially as we said, like when you give everything, all your energy and your time and, and you still don't have the fruits yet. So I really like that stage because it's always easy when it works out to go back to the time where you still don't know. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing and yeah, all the best of luck with your sisters. Thank you, Marika, for having me. It was great, great time and see you soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. So at the end of this episode, I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you.